Hello, folks. Welcome back to Behind the Red Light, where we discuss the inner workings of the brothel system in lovely Las Vegas. Well, not Las Vegas, but lovely Nevada. Yes. Um, I am your host, Larry. Along beside me is our guest, Jim, who is our subject matter expert in the field of... All things paid for coitus. Yes. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. It's paid for coitus. Sure, I mean, why not? Well, it's two grown human beings who have decided to negotiate for something that's uh, that's negotiating. Sure, <laughs> was that English? Yes, it was. Well, I was thinking. I was thinking of the George Carlin uh, quote. Oh yes, sex is legal. Buying things is legal. Why isn't buying sex legal? Well, it's a it's a very very reasonable question, and it has been for many many years. Um, I, I, oh man, I, I wish I had an answer to that one. Well, we're going to answer some questions here today, hopefully a few. And what we're going to be talking about today's topic is Jim's first time. Oh boy, yes. And I feel that there's a lot of merit in this. There, there is a lot of merit in this story, at least. So why somebody want or somebody decides and chooses to go to a brothel? What to expect? The research that's done, the inner workings of, of you know, the nervousness and, and the fatigue. Yeah. I think, I also think that this is probably one of those shows that will be of equal interest to potential customers at a yes. place, but also the women who work there. Because I, I don't know how often, if ever, the women really get an inside view of what it's like from the customer side you know from the opposite side of the aisle so to speak and there is i believe a great deal of merit in any sales position of any kind in understanding what the customer goes through but so before we dis discuss that we should let you know we are not endorsing no. subscribing or no. encouraging any of the audience members to go to a brothel no we are not sponsored by anybody in that industry we are not this is this is just us explaining experiences what the thing is like and doing so for uh, historical purposes etc etc and informational and entertainment purposes a absolutely we hope entertaining well, we're trying well, to be entertaining well yeah we are i mean granted we understand that this is a taboo subject but like most taboo subjects people are going to want to listen to it well you know and the first couple of shows were so anecdotal that that you know i'm just trying to get you into what was going on I think this particular one and, and some of them we have going forward will be a lot more amusing simply because there was a lot more, uh, you know, personal interaction that was going on and so forth. You know, we were telling uh, actual accounts of my time there and so on and so forth. Friends that went with me, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, there, there's, there's uh, so much more to come here. All right. So you're a young 27-year-old Jim. I am. And well, not anymore, but not, I am. Uh, well, yeah. well, what I think is kind of funny is at the age of 27, you decided to go to a brothel, and at the age of 27, I decided to go into the Army. Yeah. So who yeah. is really getting screwed out of this? <laughs> I think we both did, and it's just in a different way. <laughs> so anyway, uh, <laughs> you planned your trip to go out to Las Vegas. Yes. Uh, you decided that – how did you decide that this was something that you wanted to do? Well, uh, it goes back to deciding Las Vegas first which was, you know, the first step in the in the process. And at the time, um, the Travel Channel did Vegas Week. And I remember I watched it, you know, all week long, and I just became enamored with the whole spectacle that was Las Vegas. 
it was the lights it was the the food it was the, just the size of everything and i was just so fascinated to see it uh, it was the history of it the fact that it he started with the mob and all that sort of thing. And I was just, I was completely taken by the, by the city. And so I decided I, I'm going to Las Vegas. I wish to see this. And um, then as I began to decide where I was going to stay and what I was going to do, uh, I knew that, I knew that I did not want to be, I, I believe I said this in the first episode, I didn't want to spend my entire trip alone. And so I was looking for some companionship. I did not want it to be illegal. So I chose to say to myself, well, maybe one of the brothels is for me. Now, the way I came to the conclusion on what to do was I, the brothels have websites. And so I found my way to Sherry's website, and they had a message board. Sherry's is getting a lot of plugs out of it. Well, us. they do because I spent a lot of time there. Uh, but... Uh, they, they had a message board. They still do, although it's very rarely used anymore. I mean, message boards have sort of gone, gone the way of the dodo. If you're, if you're listening to the show and you're relatively young, as in in that early 20s or whatever, you may not even remember what a message board was or why they were used on the Internet. But um, yeah, at the time, they were relatively popular. Well, and, Reddit, uh, your Facebook page where, where, where you see the news feed. Yeah, the social media has sort of taken over from... The right. message board is is really it was that was sort of the precursor of social media. Um, so, in any case, what the girls would do is they would talk on the message boards in order to you know try and drum up business or whatever. And so I introduced myself on there and uh, was explaining that I will be you know this is when I'm coming to the to the house and it's my first time you know any information or what I can expect or whatever. And what I discovered was that there was a whole community of people online that were more than willing to talk to you and say, oh, yeah, I've been going for years, and this is what you can experience, and this is what it's like, and you don't have anything to worry about. And, and you know, some of the girls started reaching out to me. And, uh, you know, over the time, I sort of developed a name for myself on this message board because at the time I had registered for it, to the time that I went on the trip was a period of about nine months. And so I became a daily guest, if you will, <laughs> on these message boards. And um, people really got to know who I was. Well, by the time I was getting ready to go, I had narrowed it down to a handful of girls that I was thinking about. And the one girl in particular was celebrating her birthday the weekend I was going to be out there, but decided to stay at the house because I was coming out. Um, so I felt obligated to buy her something. So before I left, I went to Victoria's Secret and bought her some sort of outfit or whatever and um, got on a plane and went to Las Vegas. And when I arrived, uh, I, had, I knew that there were going to be any number of guys that were going to be there that I had been talking to on the message board. So I had arranged to meet some of these guys. We were going to get together and go to dinner and go to the house together sometime over the weekend and have a good time. And one of the gentlemen that was out there a uh, very, very, very nice man. He, he, uh, we're still in contact after all these years. Uh, he had he had been there for a couple of days by the time I got there, celebrating his birthday. Okay. And uh, he had just got back. We were staying in the same hotel. We were at the Sahara. And he had just, just got back to the Sahara several hours before 
after being at the chicken ranch all night with, I think it was three women, if I remember correctly. And um, he had told me to give him a call, call his room when I got checked in and everything. So I got checked in at the hotel and I called him. And I, he... <laughs> He answers the phone very weakly. <laughs> it, was, it was sort of a, hello? And I said, I told him, hey, it's me. I'm, I'm in town, and uh, you know, I'm thinking about driving out you know, just to uh, give this girl her gift. I said, do you want to go? And he says, oh, I, I can't. I, I can't. I can't. They wore him out. He could barely move. He could, he could barely move. So needless to say, I was like, well, okay, so much for him. And... Um, I uh, decided I wanted balloons to go with the gift, so I found a place. I had to use the yellow pages, hmm. you know, GPS. Nope, not a thing then. So I uh, grabbed some balloons and uh, was on my way. It's about an hour drive. I get there. This is uh, Memorial Day weekend. It is a bright, sunny day. You get out of the car in the Nevada desert. I can't see for squat because it's so bright out. I've got balloons in my hand. And let me explain a little something. For those of you who have never been in the, the high Nevada desert, wind is a thing. Yes, it is. It's a constant thing. These balloons, very, very poor idea. <laughs> I am struggling to get these balloons to the door with the gift and me and trying to get the door open to the bar. Well, it's kind of cute that you show up to a brothel for the first time yes and you've got a gift and I a did. handful of balloons i did i did and i and, and you know and i'm thinking to myself nobody knows who the hell i am you know this is this is I, I, this is ridiculous but there i am i'm doing the thing and i i i get in the door and um i'm now sun blind for me i can't see anything it's dark enough in the bar that i am literally I'm, it's complete blackness i can't see a thing and all i can do is hear what's going on around me and i hear i hear one girl saying who the hell is that and i hear another girl saying he has to be here for max because it's her birthday and the next thing i know the bartender is right here in front of me and she says you look lost honey and i said uh yeah, I said, I can't see anything. It was The sun's blinding out there. And she says, who are you here to see? And I told her, and she said, well, have a seat. What do you want to drink? And I told her, I don't know, but make it stiff. So she went and got a drink, and she brought it to me. And about this time, the girl who went by the name Max, she has long since retired, but she came into the bar, and um, I introduced myself, and I gave her her gift, and... We're having a good time, and we're laughing and joking around and everything, and uh, I met a bunch of the other girls that night. I had no intention of partying that first night. It was just to get out there to give her her a gift and wish her a happy birthday and all that sort of thing, sort of get the lay of the land, right. if you will, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> yes. And um, so I did. Went back to my hotel later at night. Um it was a couple days later I went back with some of the guys. We had a good time and everything. But by Wednesday, now I'd been there on Sunday. I arrived on Sunday. By Wednesday, I still hadn't done anything yet. And Was it nerves? Was It, it was largely nerves. I'm about to get to why, because the girl asks me in this whole exchange here. Uh, but um, as part of this evening that I'm talking about, we, I, we found ourselves in the parlor taking photos 
And, um, you know, the girls are posing and taking photos with me and all this other stuff. And we're having a good time. And gradually, one by one, the girls were getting up and leaving. And all of a sudden, I found myself alone on the couch just sitting there thinking, am I going to do this or not? You know, I came all this way. And uh, one of the girls walks by and says, uh, what are you doing here all by yourself? And I said, oh, I'm just thinking. And she said, well, what, what are you thinking about? And I said, oh, I don't know. And she says, oh, I know what it is. She says, you haven't partied yet, have you? Now, for those of you who haven't listened to the first couple of shows, a party is what they call, uh, you know, uh, an encounter with one of the girls at one of the brothels. That's the action. Yes. And I said, uh, no, no, I haven't. Now, she knew damn well that I hadn't had, had done that yet. This was a massive sales approach right here. And she, uh, she came over and she sat on the couch next to me and she said, well, why not? And I said, I don't know. And she said, you know what I think it is? She said, I think the problem is you respect us and you're afraid that if you ask one of us to go back there that we're going to feel disrespected. And when she said that, it, 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 the, the light bulb went off. And I said, yeah, that's it, that's, that's it exactly. I said, if I, don't, if I come out here and I end up not having sex, I said, that's not a big deal. But if I come out here and I do something and someone doesn't want to do it, that, that I, can't, I, I, no, I can't do that. I, I, I won't do that. And she, she, she was so cool. She just said to me, you know, you should know there's not one girl in this house that doesn't want to go back there with you. In fact, I would go back there with you right now. Now, the girl in question at that time was the house's top booker. Now, what that means is she is extremely expensive. And I am thinking to myself, at this time, I am not a business owner. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, there is no way I can afford this. And I said, oh, I, I said, I, I couldn't go back there with you. Now, to give you an idea of what this, this wonderful woman looks like, you yeah, because you've seen a picture. You know, me being a married man, I find her hideous. I find yeah, her right. absolutely hideous. Now, if I was single, that opinion would change like it would be a 180 switch. Right, right. Yeah, she's but, a beautiful girl. But because I'm married, she's absolutely, no, there's no way I'd be interested in right. this woman whatsoever. Right, and I should point out, she would eventually end up in like some rap videos and other types of things. I mean, she's a, she's... She has a look to her yeah. that says, "Look at me." Yeah, absolutely. That, and, and I think, I, I think for my own self-preservation, mm -hmm. that's what we're going to go with. Yes, the the wife would be very displeased otherwise. So you were completely unattracted to her. No, whatsoever. not at yes. all. Not not for me. Understood. But the other two hundred thousand men with their tongues hanging out of their mouths were one hundred percent correct as well. Yes. Probably yes. Yeah. Yes. Let's go with that. So uh, and that's how we uh, yeah, jump around. Yes. So she uh, she has baited the hook at this point, saying to me I, that she would go back there with me, and I re retaliate with, "Oh, I, I I know what you charge. I, I I couldn't I couldn't afford it." And she said, "You don't know that. We haven't we haven't negotiated. You have no idea what I charge." And she said, "Why don't we go go back there? What's the worst that could happen?" She makes a very good argument. And when she said that, I thought to myself, you know. If I go back there and I do this and get it over with, because my I am the only thought going through my head is right now is I can't afford her. So this is going to be what we call a price walk, meaning that we're not going to come to an agreement because I can't afford what she's charging, and we're going to come back to the thing, and that's going to be that. But at least I got a first negotiation out of the way, and I'm no longer afraid of it. You know, so 
I said, okay, and gave her my hand, and back the hallway we go to our room. We sit down. Each of the rooms has a, uh, a love seat, and we're, we're sitting on the love seat. And she asked me what I want to do, and, and it, it takes a few minutes to get out of me what I, what I want. And when we finally got to that point, she said, well, what kind of budget do you have? And I, and keep in mind, folks, this is this is twenty years ago. So numbers now versus then are a little bit different. So in two thousand two, yeah, it would be a, it would be considerably more, I'm sure. But at this point, I throw out six hundred dollars, and she stops and looks at me, and she she's uh, sort of thinking about it for a minute. And she said, um, "Look, uh, I'm I'm going to level with you." For what you're asking for, I would normally charge $2,200 for that. And I put my hands on my hips, or on my thighs, as if I'm going to, like, push myself up off the like, couch, well, right? Like, well, that happened today. Yes. <laughs> and no sooner did my hands touch my legs, she says, but I'm going to do it for that price. And I stopped, and I looked at her, and I must have had this look on my face that said... I'm sorry, what did you just say? I didn't say that, but my eyes said it. And I am now sitting there in complete shock, and the adrenaline rush now hits at this moment. Because now I'm thinking, what the fuck did I just do? And she said, and she looks at me and says, this is the part where you take the money out. So I now take my wallet out. I want to stress I had hundreds in my wallet. I could not count $600 in hundreds. I, my hands were sh I was too nervous, and I could not count out the $600 bills. So <laughs> she had to take it and do it for me. <laughs> At which point, she gets up and goes to book the party with the house. Oh, I'm sorry. She, she did an inspection of my nether region to make sure I didn't have any obvious signs of infection, which is a common thing. Then she goes to book the party with the house. Yeah, we didn't really talk about an inspection. What no. is an inspection? So an Elaborate. An inspection, or what we colloquially call a dick check, is where essentially you drop your pants and under a light the lady inspects your genitals to make sure that you don't have any obvious signs of infection, disease, or disorder to keep her safe and everybody safe and all that good stuff. So anything that's leaking, anything that's green, any anything obvious... Anything that's pussy, whatever. And, and they are trained in how to do this and what to look for. So Isn't that is, interesting? Yeah, yeah. This is part of their training and everything else. And, he, and when they first start, they're actually given a, a buddy that, you know, for the first X number of parties... They have to go get their buddy, and the buddy comes in and ins does the inspection with them, in order to you know to make guide her through it. Which, when you've been through that, that's an experience in and of itself. Because now the girl you've been talking to is one thing, but the girl you never spoke to or said a word to is now inspecting your junk as well. Good stuff. Uh, it, that's it, what you're paying for. Absolutely, but it does keep everybody safe. It, that and, and that's the key. Yeah, and that's that's a very very important part of this. So in any case, she leaves to go book the party. I am now sitting there on the on the uh, the couch thinking, this is the craziest thing I've ever done. I have no idea how I'm going to go through with this. I am nervous. Uh, I'm thinking, is any is everything going to work? You know, mm, you know. Mm -hmm. um, she comes back in several minutes later, and uh, she's got a bag with her, and this bag is very very common, and in it there is a sheet which she uses to cover the bed. Uh, and then there is there's usually some sort of bag that the uh, used 
protection will go in to be disposed of properly. Um, towels to take a shower and all that good stuff and all, all the, the the various accoutrement you may need for your for your party experience if yes. you will and um so uh at the, at this point she came she came back in and uh we we set everything up and she said uh okay she said how do you want to start this and i said i have no idea and she said you are so nervous and i said i know i am i said i i uh i don't know what to do and she put on some music, and she turned down the lights, and she said, you've been to a strip club, I assume. And I said, yes, I have. And she said, why don't we start like that? And so she started doing a strip tease, and she got on to do a lap dance. And anybody that's spent any time in a strip club knows that when the lap dance happens, you assume the position, which is your arms out of way because you're not supposed to touch the girl. And uh, as, I'm, <laughs> as I'm sitting there and she's uh, doing her dance, she looks at me and says, you can touch me. You know, this is what you paid for. And she took my hands and put them on her, at which point I thought, okay, this isn't so bad. And then from there, nature took its course. And everything just sort of worked out and worked fine. And uh, I had a great time. And, um, you know, it was a funny thing because uh, after we were finished, we must have stayed in the room and talked for I don't know how long. And we were talking in the bar, and we talked for several days later. And then before I left to come home, she gave me her phone number. Uh, as I would find out later, it, you know, a lot of the girls kept a, a private cell phone that they used to keep in touch with their clients so that, you know, they would know when the guy was coming out, they could book into the house, that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, she gave me her number and insisted that I keep in touch. And um, I did. And for years, we stayed friends. She worked in the business another, I want to say, year to a year and a half after that and got out. And um, when she retired, uh, that was that. She had invested all of her money from the six years she spent in the business. She retired and never went back. She never had to go back. And has moved on with her life and done great things. And um, Every once in a blue moon, I see something out of her, or I hear from her, or whatever. I haven't, I haven't talked to her in a number of years now, but for for quite a while, we stayed in touch throughout throughout a lot of the two thousands. We stayed in touch, and just a just a, a wonderful girl and a great time. And uh, especially for as nervous as I was, she was uh, she was a great time. She was a great time, and she was a lot of fun. And I'm really really glad that I know her, and I'm really really glad that she and I became friends afterward. And a, f a funny, a funny uh, a postscript to that story. It was about a year later when I went back, and she was going to be at the house again. And by this time, we had we had become friends. I mean, we had I had I had had a trip in between. We had met for dinner while I was there. You know, outside of you know anything like nothing happened. I mean, it mm -hmm. was just as friends. And um, now that we were both going to be at the house again, we both had the same fear which is that the one was going to look at the other and say, well, shouldn't we go back? And Because we were like, this has become too personal. We can't do this now. And uh, eventually we were, we were in the bar, and I said, uh, hey, I don't, I don't know if I could, I could ever do that. And she said, oh, thank God, because I don't think I could either. And then and it was okay. Oh, okay. You know, we, <laughs> we, we had this moment where it's like, no, no, we've, we've crossed a line here. We can't, uh, we can't be customer and, and you know, any, you know, that kind of thing anymore. So, uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was my first experience, and uh, so after you left uh, the, what day did you leave Vegas? 
I was there Sunday to Sunday. You were there Sunday to Sunday. Wednesday was the day. Was the was D day? Was yes. D day? Yes. Uh, when you left the uh, when you left Sherry's, mm-hmm. did you feel any different? Did you feel successful? Did you feel that everything went as planned, or maybe a little bit better than oh, you anticipated? Oh, every you know, it was. Um, I felt great. I, I really did. It was uh, it was a great time. I had a lot of fun. Um, but the the better feeling, honestly, for me, in all of that, was the fact that when I came home, and she and I stayed in touch, and then there was a friendship that developed there, I felt much better about that than I ever did about the party we had together, because I thought that you know I had transcended a a relationship that normally does not go that direction. You know, normally you've seen that girl, you've and then you go about your life. You know, so to to have formed that sort of bond was really, really special, and I was, I was, uh, I felt very honored to have it because you know, not every, not everybody gets that opportunity. And she was really just a, a super person, and I learned a lot about, I learned a lot about what goes through the minds of women when they're in that, in the sex business in any way or whatever, and. Um, you know, a lot of those, a lot of the women that are in the business, you know, they get they get a bad rep because you know people have a, a, a connotation because of media, and because of the presentation of, of of people in the sex business and media, of a very abused and fractured human being that's not well rounded and everything else, and that couldn't be further from the truth. That couldn't be there. There's, I I would say that the girls that represent what you see in media represent a very very minuscule amount of the legal prostitution realm that is reserved for the illegal prostitution which is why i fight against illegal prostitution so so vigorously it it all it does is creates a world where people can be taken advantage of trafficked hurt and the legalization of it takes away all of that so yeah that's that's about as uh, expressive as i can be about my first time and everything um and there in so did you go back to the go back to Sherry's after that Wednesday? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so you hung out there for? The oh rest yeah, of the week. yeah. Oh, okay. Why not? Because you know, you go out to the bar and you're having a good time, and you know we're 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 uh, 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 shooting go- some pool or you know having a good time. And you didn't really need to go in the back room after uh, after Wednesday. No, no. I I only I only went back once that trip. Now there were other trips where I made multiple trips back, but that that first time was only the one time. And they were perfectly comfortable with you just hanging out at the bar, buying drinks, and, yeah. and doing the thing. Yeah, why, yeah. I mean, why not? You know, it's it's. Now, I will say this. I will say I've noticed it's changed a little over the years. Uh, when you've been in it as long as I have, an entire generation of girls has come and gone. Right. Right. So the newer generation I've noticed is not as. Um, how do I say this? I we I do not find them necessarily to be as social as the girls of the previous generation. So a lot of times the girls today are very much about if I'm going to be in this bar with you, in the back with you, anywhere with you, I better be making money. Hmm. So whereas back then, my God, I mean we we would have we would have a blast. You know, it was just tons of time in the bar and everything else. And the thing about that is organically, and it never failed. Somebody would walk back. You know what I mean? Money got made anyway, but it was just happening more organically than, um, and I think that has a lot to do with just the way that, that the younger people are raised today and 
you know, OnlyFans is a thing, and, you know, sex isn't as taboo, and, and so, you know, you hear from younger people all the time that hookup culture is the way, so for, I think for a lot of younger people, the idea of saying, oh, are we going to go fuck or what, is, you know, our generation didn't do that. We didn't do that, you know, whereas they do. So I think, I think, I think it's really just a generational thing. And one of the things that makes me sort of laugh about it, and I'm not, I'm not hating on it, don't get me wrong, I'm not hating on it. I'm just pointing out that it is different now than it was then, uh, at least in my experience. And that could be, it, part of it could be my age too. Um, I remember the guys that were my age when I started, that I knew, that were my age and older, were pining away for the way it was 20 years prior to that. Well, I remember when you could come in here and you could get full service for three hundred dollars. Well, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, inflation. You know? and yeah, and <laughs> so you don't want to be that guy either. You know what I mean? So things have changed, and you you just have to adapt with the time and so on and so forth. You know, but uh, all in all, it's uh, it's still a great experience and a lot of fun. Oh, and uh, and there you go. You 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 you've heard it from us. The I, I guess there's no real other place for us to go. At, uh, no, at no, I th I think not. But uh, you know, next time we're talking about uh, reviewing a, a a menu, and uh, I'm gonna pull one off the wall here. I have one hanging here in in where we are our makeshift studio here. Well, we we will get to the the menu pulling, but you made something. Yeah. You, you made a very interesting statement that I think we might want to discuss. Okay, and, and that is the. Uh, that is the difference between a legal brothel yes and an illegal brothel slash strip club where things oh, could God. go well, terribly terribly okay well well first of all let's say this i would guess that the vast majority of strip clubs are legitimate strip clubs they're honest businesses let's talk about that next week. yeah yeah okay well, we can do that next week let's then. talk yes. about that next week and next week maybe we'll pull down the menu oh to... so we're we're really gonna we're gonna go all out next week is what you're telling me we're gonna we're gonna oh, yeah we're gonna deep dive into the far the, the the deep end of the pool in the sex business yeah we're gonna just jump right in and uh whatever happens happens and we're gonna see if people like it or not okay here it, we go this has been an attic light production uh, i'm larry that's jim that's jim i'm larry uh all rights reserved copyright and blah 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 we will see you next time be safe folks <laughs>